To see examples of what we talked about on this episode, along with further information, go to bunchofdorks.com. Welcome everyone to Two Dimension Podcast. The comic book podcast with no direction. What's up, everybody? You know the song, you know the voice. It's your boy Rook. Joining me as always is the man who cannot stop stirring the pot when it comes to talking about football. Not that American crap. It's Mr. Don Moore. Hey, you know, I never understood what they call the American game football because most of, 99% of the game, they're carrying it or crashing into each other. So, <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our guest, Peter Taylor. Hi, everyone. What's, what's going on, man? Oh, thank you so much for joining us. Peter, you have an amazing book, uh, Pioneers, yep. Blood and Stars. Very successful Kickstarter. I'm sure you're flying high on that. Uh, this book looks amazing. Uh, I've got to know. Vampire in Space? How's that work? <laughs> well... I sat down a little while ago because I was just talking to you off camera, wasn't I, saying about the first book that I did um, that was that was called Ren, which I ran four Kickstarters for, was really an experiment for me to see if I could actually write a book and illustrate a book. Right? I had no intentions of publishing it when I did the first issue. Um, and after I'd done that, I started showing it around to some friends, you know, saying, what, what do you think? Is this, you know, is this uh, a read-worthy um, and um, someone introduced me to Kickstarter. Uh, so I launched the first one on Kickstarter, and it did okay. So we did four Kickstarters on Ren. It was a passion project that I'd been working on for well over 30 years, and I could tell you more about the reasons you know, why for that if we, if we go down that route. But it gave me the confidence to say that even though the audience for it was small, because not everyone wants to read an alternate history of 17th century London, um, um, what, it gave me the confidence to think, what would happen if I chose the kind of subject you really get into comics for? And what would that be and what would that look like? So I thought, OK, so let's try something completely, completely different um, and just sat out with a with a blank page. And I was watching probably a documentary. Um, I, I was avoiding the Elon Musk documentary that was on Netflix a little while ago because <laughs> I'm not a big fan. Um, mm. A fan of what some of his companies are achieving and, and are trying to do, but not a, not a huge fan of the, of the guy himself right now. Uh, but I've never met him, so I could be reading it completely right. wrong. Um, I don't think you um, are. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, I was starting thinking about our route back into space, right? And I, I'm passionate about it. Actually, I, I was going to say I'm, I'm in my new study of a couple of days, but if I was in my old study... On the cupboards back there, you would see there. Uh, I've got a, a model Saturn V rocket, um, yeah. and, I've, and I've visited the, the Johnson Space Center in um, in Houston a couple of years ago. So I'm a you know big space nut. Right. Um, I'm really interested in, in space travel and, and and really excited that we're stepping back out there again. Yeah. Um, and I started to think about that journey and there's lots of stories done about early space exploration and and space sort of you know uh, uh, the early pioneer again and I started to think well if we're leaving who else might be leaving who else might be worried about what this planet is turning into or how long it's going to be habitable and if we're thinking that we need to stretch out perhaps there's probably other people around or other species around um that um that might want to jump on that ship as well and that was when the idea of that sort of vampire subculture came into my head um and i thought yeah they would be wanting to expand the same as we're wanting to expand um and the story kind of the story kind of came from there i i never heard anything like this (laughs) (laughs) well yeah and i mean you do that as a comic writer when you think of an idea, you then have to spend the next three hours thinking, who's done this before? Because yeah. I, I have to admit, I'm not the most well-read 
person in you know uh, um I, I love my comic books but i'll be honest my my tastes are pretty basic i do i, I love me some batman um uh, um uh, uh, but i don't go to the to the far reaches of what comic creators can do you know these days i i i i, I don't get a, a a pull list every month or anything i i've got to be honest i find comic shops kind of bewildering these days for old guys like me, when I when I walk in, I don't know if I'm buying something that's brand new on the shelf or looking at something that came out 10 years ago. Um, a lot of the time, I find it hard to dive in. Where do you dive into new arcs and new stories and things like that? Um, so, so you know, you do. You spend some time thinking, who's done this before? And, and, and Don, I, I, I kind of I, – what you just said, you know, if you haven't heard of something like this before, then that's really awesome. Because um, yeah. it means I may be bringing something just a little bit different to the party. Right. Uh, just to put in context, we got some pages, which I was really impressed with, but we didn't get the story. So I just read the synopsis, um, which is basically to me vampires in space. Okay, I've never heard that. Uh, the artwork is fantastic. And with we got both black and white and color pages. The color just makes it even better. It's amazing, isn't it? The, the oh. colouring is not done by myself. It's done by a gentleman called Falk Hansel, yes. um, who's, um, I, I believe he's, I thought he was Austrian, but I think he may be German. Um, I've not met him. He lives, I believe he lives in Canada. This is the marvel of the internet, right? Yes. Um, um, when I was working on Wren, um, I wanted some different covers um, for, for, for some of the books. I've got a couple of copies over here, actually. Sorry, I should have done this before. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. That's the cover that Falk did for me for yeah. the third issue of Red. Isn't that spectacular? Yes. That is, yes. Fantastic. I, I, honestly, when I saw that on your website, I thought it was maybe a photoshopped uh, photograph. Yeah. yeah no. Nope. Painted. Painted. Um, and. Um, uh, and when I was working on um, and, and Falk is one of those guys who is always happy to chat and always happy to advise. He does a lot of work in um, um, with um, uh, tabletop games and does, you know, board games and, and, and does lots of illustration work for that. Um, and it, it, chatting uh, with me, he was kind enough to remind me that he did occasionally color books. Um, and um, and I said, well, would he be interested in, in, in colouring this one? And it, I told him a little bit about the project and showed him some of my early pages. And um, he kindly, kindly made time for it. And wow. his work is phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Wow. When I get the pages back from him, I barely recognise my own lines. <laughs> well, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you on that one because the colour is fantastic. <laughs> I can't stress that. But the underdrawings you've done... I, I honestly, I thought you were the writer and he was the artist. Um, no. It's it's fantastic forms. It's well done. It's it's solid draftsmanship, and uh, the color just makes it better. But if it was a black and white comic, I I would have been happy to read it. Um, so your your illustrations are to me just right up there with the best. So no problem. He just made it better. Thank you, Tom. That's oh. You're Incredibly welcome. kind of you. Thank you. Wow. Oh. What compliment. Yeah. I, I, I got to tell you, we took the holidays off, and Don would send me emails, and I'd just quick scan the text of the email. I wouldn't look at anything. I'm really kind of pissed off that I didn't look further <laughs> because <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at this book going, this is gorgeous, absolutely beautiful work. And, you know, the – the pages that you have with interaction between characters um, getting off the ship and everything, uh, you know, well written. Yeah. Uh, your your text placement is well done. It, this is your fifth comic that you've ever done. Yeah. Yeah. What what are you doing on a regular basis that you are this damn good and not in the industry? Oh, bless you! What a very kind thing to say. So, uh, so. My day job, um, uh, full, full disclosure, I worked in IT for 40 years um, and I was made redundant two years ago. 
from a job I'd had for nearly 20 years. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I very fortunate to have, a, a, you know, a, a little bit of money under my belt because I was kind of expecting this, you know, it was a negotiated thing. Um, so I said, I'm either going to retire now. Um, I may have to go back to work for a couple more years. Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm slightly early to retire. I'm in my late 50s, you know, which is a little early to, to retire. But I didn't want to sit around and, and waste the time or jump straight back into looking for a new job. I, I always wanted to see if I could draw and, you know, write and draw a story that people would want to read. Um, and um, so I thought, I'm going to I'm going to take this chance. This, these chances do not come along very often. Um, so we so we, I wrote um, and drew the first issue of Rain. Say so the only thing I can't do myself is the colouring. Um, I absolutely suck at colouring. Um, <laughs> I, I honestly, my colouring is like a five-year-old. Um, <laughs> you have to know your limits, and, uh, and, and that is that is definitely mine. Um, so um, so yeah, we put we put put, put Rain together. Um, I had a couple of colorists. I really like working with different people. It's one of the things I miss from IT. Actually, I was I've always worked in fairly big teams yeah. and was always quite happy to be the dumbest guy in any room I walked into. Right. You work with incredibly talented people. Um, and I love that. I love working with talented people. I love watching people who do almost any craft well. You know, I could watch a guy plaster a ceiling for hours because it's yeah. something I can't do. And I'm absolutely in awe of people who have got skills like, you know, like that. Um, but when I moved into into to this area, one of the things I was desperate to find was that sort of collaborative um, uh, interaction with people. Um, and a lot of the colorists, because it's a, you know, it's a, a, a business for, for these guys that it feels very much paper page, mm -hmm. right? And they're really good at what they do. Please don't get me wrong. They're really, really good at what they do. But I would like to sit around and chat about things once a week, you know, yeah. get their opinion on where the story's going, get their opinions on, on tones for things. And, and much as I've worked with some really professional, really talented people, um, I think Falk is the first person I felt close enough to um, to be able to sort of have those sit down chats and saying, you know, where do you think this one is going? Do you think this is going right? Um, so it's um it, it, it's a it's a really important part of the experience for me. So that's what I've been doing. I say I've been 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 working in in, in IT um, and um, taking this little break from from work. I wanted to do something useful with it. So so yeah, I thought I would put everything I could into um into this i've never had any never had any training or anything like that uh, ren was all drawn um analog on yeah, enormous okay. great pieces of paper because i thought that's how it was done right <laughs> um right. Uh, the only piece of original comic art i own is an ian gibson page from halo jones yes okay. remember halo jones oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. I, 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 here. Yeah. It's still popular over here, yeah. Yeah. An interesting story about that. I read an article um, with Ian Gibson um, a, a couple of years ago, um, and he said he was very frustrated at the way 2000 AD owned all his work. He said, I don't know where any of my work is anymore. Very frustrated. Um, so I, I, I found his details on a Facebook group, and I contacted him, and I offered him the page back that I bought in an auction. About 20 years ago oh that's fantastic um, and and he was so charming and he said honestly keep it i know it's got a good home thanks ever so much for the for the offer i nearly got him to draw an illustration for ren uh, but he's getting on a little bit now and he said he was his, his arthritic hands wouldn't quite allow him to uh, uh, to do it but we chatted for quite a while because he said in his early days he wrote a story about the great fire of london as well uh, or illustrated a story about the Great Fire of London. I'm not not sure if it was ever published, but um, so, uh, or or even under his name. But we we talked about it for a while, and he was a really really charming guy. That's about my only fame. That's a really good story. You know, it's funny when you said he's getting up there and he's arthritic because, you know, there's always points in your life that you just focus on and you never forget. And I still remember when. 
it was in 1982 was the first time I'd ever heard of Judge Dredd. It was, um, there was a comic, there was a magazine called Comic Scene. They were being published in the United States. And they had an article about that. And they had um, Mike McMahon and um, Brian Ballin's artwork in it. And then they, I think it was Titan started putting um, the trades together. I bought a couple. And uh, later, there was a company called Eagle that started putting out Judge Dredd, you know, with the old Ballin work, which I loved. Oh, it's phenomenal. But then all of a sudden, Ian Gibson, all these guys started appearing, and uh, we started getting, um, I, I'm not pronouncing it, Strodium Dog, um, Halo Jones, you mentioned. Yeah. All this stuff started coming out, and that was, um, it was a big thing. But I always see Ian Gibson as one of the hot young Turks. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, um, you know, Alan Moore, all these, all these Brits started coming over and doing American comics. Uh, Alan Davis, one of my favorites, but I still see them. I still think Love and Rockets by the Hernandez Brothers is a new comic, which I, I know. I, I, of course, I still think I'm 19 years old. You can see, I obviously am not, but um, yeah, I, I, they're extremely popular here, and they had a, a far-reaching influence to this day. So, you know. 2008 did some amazing things. They certainly did some amazing things for me as a 10-year-old. I, I, I couldn't believe what I was reading. Because you couldn't buy American comics here, you know? Um, at, um, we're talking back in the we're talking back in the, in the 70s. Um, it came out 77, and I was, I don't know, 12 years old. Um, and it, it was just incredible. Um, but um, I found... My brother, who was older than me, but seven, eight years older than me, he got hold of some Marvel um, comics, and they didn't like my fire the same way as um, as 2008 did. Um, I'm not yeah. sure if it was the, the larger format um, or, 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 you know, just the, the storytelling. I think, as you say, I think it stands up even today. Yeah, it does. Really impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 2008 was such I, – I was reading – marvel and other things before i found my first 2000 ad and it was it was mind-blowing to see it. it it's absolutely something that went so far in a different direction than than what was mainstream comics at the time um and i, I think that stuff even today to it, you could republish every single issue of that and people would still look at it like yeah. this is brilliant this is brand new well they still publish them they still publish that work in trades all the time. I we talked about it on the show. I bought some. Yep. Um, yeah. Frank Lynch. <laughs> yeah, but they could they could easily publish that in solo issues uh, and put it on stands. Yeah. Uh, l- l- let me jump back to the Kickstarter here for a minute. Now, um, we unfortunately have missed the Kickstarter. Um, you're probably what in production right now, as far as getting it ready to go to print and everything. Yes. Yes, we are. Um, um, I just got what well, Falk is still coloring the last few pages. Um, and one of those pages, I, I, I think I mentioned on the, on the Kickstarter, um, we held a couple of pages back in case anyone was interested in a backer cameo. Right. Um, I saw that. And someone did take us up on the backer cameo, which is really cool. Um, so I'm just plumbing those last couple of images into the last few pages um, it's it taken a little bit more work than I thought because I assumed it would be a guy and I would just be adding the face to a guy, but actually <laughs> a young lady. Oh, okay. um, I'm having to change a little more of the character than uh, uh, than I uh, than I thought. Um, funnily enough, I, I, I'm a little more prepared than I was. We did a um, we did a in in Ren we did a uh, back a cameo. Um, and the person who chose it, as I'd never done one before, um, I said, possibly stupidly, oh, I'm going to put you in as a fairly main character without thinking that I'd actually drawn the thing. Um, I'd drawn the third issue, and I ended up having to change, I think, 22 panels. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yeah, that was, trust me, that was a lot of work, and I annoyed a lot of people, including my colorists at the time. It's it's harder to go back and fix something than it was if you just did it from scratch in the beginning. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really would have been more sensible. 
Um, but this one, I say, uh, there's just a few panels to uh, to change. So I'm, I'm still, and I've had no connectivity for a week. So when I got back online uh, yesterday, I had four four new panels. Uh, sorry, four new pages from 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 Falk, um, um, and they are absolutely phenomenal. Oh, awesome. Happy to share them if there's a if there's a sharing button. Uh, yeah. If you go to at the very bottom corner where it says more, where there's the three dots. Yep. Click on that, and it'll open up chat. Okay. No, uh, I think I'm correct. Can I put a file into the chat? Yeah. Um, if hang on, this is this is bad radio for us, but everybody's used <laughs> to it. I I don't know. If maybe it's not chat. Where? Oh, chat is the. Oh, I've got something. Yeah, I've got something. Oh, yeah. There's an ad file button. Yeah. We got it. Uh, while he's doing this, I just we're always open on this show. Um, we spoke in November. We had him scheduled. Well, last week I started sending emails saying, "I'll just remind you, we got the show coming up," and um, I hadn't heard from him, and so I sent another one. I was kind of panicking, and then he did come up, say, "Hey, I'm back." It says he moved to another place. Didn't have connectivity. Okay. But we all straight. Ooh, that's nice. And anyway, we straightened it all out. And then nevertheless, I get a text. I, I just walked in the house. I was talking to my wife. Brooke sends me a text. Where are you at? Oh, my God. We got a show. So even though I was worried about other. That's really sweet. Man. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Now, which one is the, the one that won the, the place in the comic? Is no, that, not these ones. I've got to finish the. Uh, I've got to read those ones. I got you. Gotcha. So I you think know, there's three pages left to go. I've got a comment on your tech design. Uh, this it looks very realistic. Yes. You know, it's you know a lot of times when you see space comics uh, of any of any genre, it, it's so far fetched. Everything you've put in here, including. Uh, I'm assuming this must be a folding phone in the one panel on the Kickstarter. Yeah. As I sit here with this, my nice. folding phone. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, and, and I happen to know for a fact that a trifold phone like that is in the works in the future. Um, not very far in the future as well. So, you know, the fact that you're putting these pieces in, it's, it's very realistic. The work that you're doing um, I love you. it. I, I, I really, really love it. I dig it. I, I kind of, I kind of, um, it's a, it's a process. I'll give it a glamorous name. I'll call it a process of thinking about what the space version of what we have now is. Um, and in most cases, retrograding it a little because I, 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 I don't know. I'm on a, I don't want to say I'm on a downer with the human race at the moment, but I think in a lot of ways, you know, many of us have been through a really tough time over yeah. the last few years, right? It's, it's been really difficult. Um, and I've worked in IT for a long time and, um, you know, and I know there's lots of talk about AI taking over the world, and, you know, and all those kinds of things. But having worked in IT, I am absolutely convinced that that will not happen. Yeah. Because <laughs> There is no way that any computing anything that anyone that, that I know has ever built works that well. Um, and, um, you know, it, it's as this technology comes out, um, you always seem to, what am I trying to say? It will take a lot longer to get to the minority report than yeah. you think. So I think of what would be the super cool space technology, and then I think, okay, how will we screw that up? And this is the best we will have in a hundred years' time. Does that make sense? <laughs> no, it's, you're oh my god, that's that is yeah, yeah, that is a beautiful way to put it. <laughs> I like you're, that. You're the prophet that writes things on the subway walls. This is absolutely one hundred percent. It, well, we're talking, but this is a good point. AI is a big thing that's been coming up. And if you're on Facebook and you follow certain artists, uh, a lot of artists that I love are scared to death. Uh, I mean, I'm talking about artists that are making their living, you know, doing conceptual artwork, working for animation, doing comic books, stuff that we all love. But I've seen some, the stuff I've seen is novelty scans. Um, somebody posted 
what would it look like if Ridley Scott directed Blade Runner? I mean, not, not, he did direct Blade Runner. What if um, who was Steven it? Uh, or something like that. Yeah, did, uh, Tron. If he did Tron. And somebody had like 40 photographs, and it looked like the old movie Metropolis, you know, that Fritz Lieber did. I think I've seen it. Oh, those, those are brilliant. And I've seen a few mix-ups like that, but I'm thinking, and I've even seen comments, which I would have said, this, where is this at? What is this? Did I miss something incredible? Yep. Um, I can, I, and I'll have them posted on the blog, some examples, but there was three of them. Well, what they're doing is they're taking, you know, when you type it in or verbally type, I've never used the software, but you say something like a movie you like, uh, a director you like, and then they take images and drawings already done and put them together. Well, they're neat. Um, art theft. Well, people say that. but Yeah, I say uh, that. It's art okay. theft. All right. All right. My friend <laughs> said this, but I'm saying a lot of the stuff, would you rather have an Ian Gibson drawing or would you rather have a cut and paste job by somebody just putting things together and making a meme? That's kind of how I look at it. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with you, Don. I think certainly these things are, um, are, are interesting. Um, I think they have an amount of novelty value. Right. I think, you know, they're hot at the moment. And yeah, it would be fun to see, you know, um, it would be fun to see, you know, Grease directed by Rob Zombie, or, or or whatever it you know whatever it would be, um, and and those things are fun. But I tell you what, Kickstarter proves to me that what people want to and feel most comfortable connecting with is I don't want to say you know an, an artist, but it's a person to person thing. Right. I think far more than even being able to buy a book in a, the same thing for buying a book in a bookstore, but but even more so with Kickstarter because you get a it's a bi-directional thing, right? I get to talk to the people who buy the books um, and the people who you know who who, who support my, my books, you know, get to talk to me, and and there's a there's a, a different feeling there than there is e even if you're buying a book in a in a in a comic store, right? But right. that I think even if you're buying spending five bucks to buy a book in a comic store, you're investing in not just the art and the story, but in the process of creation and the you know and the, the feeling behind it we all read liner notes right and find out right. a little bit about right. our authors and our writers and our you know and our artists um and we form opinions about them um and relationships with them i i, I do exactly the same thing and you're never going to get that from anything you know anything um uh, ai um yeah. I, I, so i think it's a novelty value uh, and i think if they start bringing out comics that are solely made by ai they'll sell a few out of curiosity and then i think people will realize there's nothing behind it and i think people will honestly lose interest and i know that doesn't address your point about art theft which i completely agree with um i think that is very worrying um mm -hmm. if you know if people can can use anybody's art to to train these things you know that, that that's a you know separate issue but i i think it will get used for advertising and i think it will get used for you know for for throwaway stuff um, yeah. But I don't think it has a future as a new art form. I don't feel it is a new art form. I, yeah, yeah, that's well said. Um, and I agree with everything you said. I I see in the future this is just going to be another tool that creators use, and they'll modify whatever. Um, there is a comic book that I don't know if it's come out yet. I think, and I may be wrong, but I think it was Dark Horse, and yeah. it was the news. Oh, it, do you know about it, Rook? It was Image Comic Books. Oh, they, yeah. <clears throat> um, wow, we're getting really off topic. But, uh, yeah, Image Comic Books did a cover um, featuring an AI piece of art uh, that was heavily, heavily stolen from a, an original piece of art. And the original artist was pretty pissed. Um, bet. Took to Twitter and showed the original piece versus the wonky, ugly version that Image was using. And, I mean, it was blatant. It was blatantly ripped off from his original piece or their original piece. I don't know who, they, who it was exactly. Um, and then it had, like, this little thing down at, like, the, the lower abdomen area that was, like, really kind of scrunchy and squirrely. And just you could tell that it was an AI piece of art. Compare, especially when it's compared to the original. 
Um, look, I got no problem with people using it for reference materials and things right. like that. But as far as publishing in it on a on a book and everything, I'm I'm, I'm not interested. I want to I you know this show is all about talking to artists, writers, you know, creative people. I'm not gonna have a conversation with an AI. <laughs> ChatGP. Yeah. Well, here's a surprise yeah. to you, Rook. The guest tonight is AI in your face. <laughs> England's really far ahead of us. <laughs> no, um, but there was something else about that comic that they couldn't get it copywritten. I guess they said no because it's not originally created. Um, Good. So, I mean, it's happening, but that's the thing about protecting creators. I think it's something that's going to come up. How many times? A lot of people didn't see DVD and streaming services. And like um, Seinfeld. I, I don't know if they showed Seinfeld in, in the United Kingdom. But yeah, they did, yeah. They, they made a, a big deal with uh, the four actors in the show. They, in the last season, I guess they got paid a million bucks each. And then they also, uh, I think it's, I don't know if they had part of the DVD sales. I think they did. But then when streaming came out, it was just Seinfeld and Larry David got it because nobody foresaw that. So I don't right. know. I think I think there are going to be some protections coming up that nobody thought about for creators. But I look at AI the same way. Studying art history, the the camera. You know, when the camera came out, artists made their living painting portraits. That was yeah. where you made your money, and the artists were scared to death about it. I mean, rightly so. That's when you started getting the impressionists come out. You know, they were basically trying to show you the beauty of the paint, the the, the vibrancy of the brush strokes. So sometimes you may get something else out of it than what you were originally doing before. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I absolutely understand why if you're earning your living doing artwork, that you'd be afraid. But anyway, but I can tell you one piece that isn't AI created, and that's Pioneer. So let's get back to that one. <laughs> Nope, nope. Um, <laughs> oh, bless you. Um, uh, funnily enough, that, that was, I think, was the point I was making at start. Uh, Ren was entirely created analog, big pieces of paper. Right. Um, and Pioneers, I'm doing digitally for the first time. So I've got, um, I've got my my pen that isn't really a pen. Um, yeah. yep. My uh, and my tablet thing over there, and I'm slowly learning to uh, slowly learning to use it. How are you finding the transition? Um, I think it's made me better, but it has not made me faster, mm. which is exactly the opposite of what I was thinking it would do. I thought it would make me quicker, but I didn't think it would improve me. And I'll tell you why it, 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 I think it's improved me um, is because I, I'm the nice way of saying it is I'm a very iterative artist. Um, the nasty way of saying it is I use an awful lot of erasers mm. <laughs> and I would erase and erase and erase until the paper was so thin I had to stop. Well, yep. I don't get that with the tablet. So I can, can continue to improve and make every panel exactly what I want it to look like. Um, so it takes longer because I'm fiddling with it for longer, but the end result is better. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I, I've never worked. I've never worked digitally like that, but that's what I was wondering about because you can correct all the time. Absolutely. Um, I I was a graphic artist for forty years, and I got to I you know when you're talking about IT and AI never taking over the world, I got to experience that in 1989 to 1991 when my company made the conversion to totally desktop publishing. You know, before it was conventional. Um, it was fun. We worked at drafting tables, worked on film, had technical pens, you know, exacto knives. It was, I don't know, cut and paste. It was fun, you know. Um, and all of a sudden we switched to desktop and we're sitting in a computer all the time. And early desktop technology isn't what you see today. It was very aggravating. Things didn't work. Nobody understood the equipment. IT was basically non-existent. Yeah. And I never worked in a computer before, and I was managing the area. So, you know, a lot of learning curves. It was very aggravating. But one thing I had to start explaining to people was 
the computer is limitless in what you could do as far as the quality and everything. But you have to limit your options because people would just sit there and spend so much time. If it was a pixelated image, they blow the thing up to far beyond the naked eye could ever conceive of seeing. And I said, why are you working like that? Nobody's going to see this. And, uh, well, we're good. No, go back, work at a hundred percent, do this. If you got to enlarge it, just go to, you know, 150. Don't go any further. Yeah. Uh, because the printing press won't pick it up. So I've seen Mobius worked on a Wycom tablet, you know, which I would watch. Uh, one of my favorite things is getting to see him draw. He's my favorite artist. And I was watching that, watching him draw, and sometimes he could correct it. He didn't correct it a lot, but he did make corrections. And all I could think was, if I was doing that, would I get past the first image I worked on? Because I'd be correcting and correcting and correcting. So well, what, what are you drawing in? Um, what application, if you don't mind me asking? I, I use Clip Studio Paint um, uh, for the very technical reason that it is cheap. Uh, you know, one of us. <laughs> yeah, horror stories about the cost of the Adobe products, yeah. um, which are um, you know which are, I, I know to you know to be market leaders, um, but um, I, I chose Clip Studio Paint, which I believe is very it's very full featured, very full featured. Um, it's from a um, um, it's a Japanese company. It's used an awful lot in manga um, production. Um, the only problem I find with it is you can tell that some of the, 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 the user guides are a translation. Oh. Um, so it, it's and, and some because I, I, I've worked uh, in Japanese banks uh, and have huge respect for the way Japanese people work. And it is slightly different to the way. Um, right. in, the, in the West will work. So even things like finding the options that you want can sometimes be a little bit tricky. Um, yeah. But my process is purely to use ex use it as much as I can exactly as I would work analog. So right. I'm not stretching the application to everything it can do. Um, I, I'm using pretty 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 basic. And I, and I I intend to progress and learn as I go. As I do, you know, as I, I you know, I, I, again, I, I've colored a few things myself just to try what it would look like. But um, I'm no better on the tablet than I than I am with uh, uh, with uh, uh, with paint. But I, I say I explore new features. And when there's something I want to do, right. I'll the same as I learned to in IT. Right. You, you, you know, you, you, you Google and you go and you find out how you want to do the job you want to do. Um, right. That's kind of the way I'm probably going to carry on working with it but a little bit further every time what, what you said don about working too small i definitely see that on some of my panels right. where i go way 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 too far in to get an expression on a guy that, 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 that that's this big right and then i zoom out and i realize well i can't see him anyway i barely <laughs> see the guy there let alone the fact that his the facial expression is right um so there's another 30 minutes wasted but um yeah, but right. somebody getting the digital copy of that book is going to be like, yes. <laughs> now, if you can enlarge that's it. That's the great I mean, thing, actually, about hand, having to hand pages over to the colorist. means I have to stop. Yeah. So that's another bonus, and it means the book will get done on time. Well, the last guest we had, Galada, he was talking about he hopes people will enlarge the panels he drew. So, you know, in that case, you would want to work. I had a professor in college for drawing. And I'll never forget, he was a big thing about how the eye worked. And he, he gave us a lot of examples. But one time we went to a gallery and they had a, a pen and ink a watercolor of um, a clear brook with pebbles underneath. It was nice. I liked it. You just liked it as soon as you saw it. And he stood there and he goes, this person went crazy with a magnifying glass. And he started talking. Everything was completely detailed. And he's going... The human eye doesn't work this way. You have one place where you focus on, and the rest of it is just blurry. I never forgot how he said it. Um, so that is kind of the case. You can enlarge things and work on every single pixel. They're perfect, but most people won't see it. Um, most people can't ever see it. So don't waste your time on it, <laughs> unless you're going to blow it up 4,000% in a 
And I, yeah, you're okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, uh, I say, I'm not doing it for the, what do you call it, the sort of the visual Easter eggs. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's purely a bad habit. But I tend to read comics like that, right? I read the page once for the story, yeah. and then I go back and look at every panel, just because I'm yeah. an art geek. Well, that's what makes comics so nice, you know. But, well, you mentioned Batman. What comics do you normally read, in, in either now or in the past? So um, at the moment, since discovering Kickstarter, I really have fallen in love with the idea of supporting Kickstarter projects. Um, so, so indie comics for me is, is really where I do my comic shopping. Um, the, only, um, the only comic store in my town um, uh, is only now open one day a week. Um, so it's really hard to, uh, you know, it, again, I think that there's, there's rather than not purely financial, I think the, the age of the owners and, and bits and pieces, they do it, run it more as a hobby now. Um, so it's kind of difficult to get in. And there is only one comic store in the in the town, you know, that I, uh, that I live in. Um, so I don't browse the shelves much these days. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm buying indie books and I do, again, I, I don't know if this is an age thing, um, but I tend to, the single issue things I buy are series on, on Kickstarter because I say as I like supporting them. But when there's a title that catches my eye from a review or an interview, you know, that I've seen, I tend to buy a trade or, a, you know, a, a graphic novel version because yeah. um, I like to read the whole thing, you know, all in, uh, all in one hit. Uh, the best thing I've read recently, um, I bought The Underwater Welder. Um, oh, yes. Ah, beautiful. And, and I'll tell you what else. I'll tell you what else I, I, I would absolutely recommend to people. Um, there is a, I won't say a rival podcast, but there is a podcast I found on Facebook called The Brew Gooders. <laughs> the Brew Gooders. Spelled as it sounds, B-R-E-W. Um, Scottish guys, three Scottish guys run it, um, and they talk. Um, uh, they start off each episode talking about the beer they've drunk over the last yeah. week or so, um, yeah. and then it's beer and comics. Um, and they <laughs> produced um, they produced an anthology, and this anthology uh, that they published, they did. Uh, they didn't do it on. Did they do it on Kickstarter? I think they did it on Kickstarter. But as I'd met them, I, I wanted to, to back it anyway. I've got to be honest, it's some of the best comic writing I have read in years. Um, stories that, that, that only, only anthology-sized stories, only little stories, right. um, but absolutely made me gasp with how powerful the writing was. Really beautiful, beautiful stories. I, I, I've got to be honest, I only bought it because... I wanted to support them, and they were kind enough to have me on their on their podcast. But it is spectacular. Uh, so if there's a if there's a way, if you you find them on Facebook, um, we'll and you that, I'm sure you can still buy the uh, anthology places. Definitely worth looking at. Yeah, yeah we'll that's definitely we'll the blog. Everything we talk about on the show, we we have a blog post, so we have examples that we talk about. We have have links, and we'll absolutely have that on there. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's beautiful. I can't help but laugh as you described that show because that was a little bit like what we started at. <laughs> I think until we just annoyed Don to the point where he was like, y'all you, you, can't get drunk anymore. <laughs> we would drink on the show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you want to see paint peel off the walls, go back. To this <laughs> no, don't 50. do it. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was in the Navy and I was in, I was, I was offended. <laughs> but um well Rook has gone to your your ship because he switched comic stores. He was gonna put in his, his pull list at the comic store and he says, Can I take this home? And the guy said, Oh absolutely. And I asked Rook later, did you ever pull it? He jumped on the Kickstarter thing. He's yeah. he's he's one hundred percent Kickstarter. Really? It's fantastic to be able to know that the money goes directly to the creators, you know, and, and what they're working on. Um, it's, you know, when when you go to the comic book shop, don't get me wrong, comic book shops are freaking fantastic. And I love digging through old boxes and stuff yeah. and finding cool things. Uh, 
But with Kickstarter, you're getting to see stories that we all know would never be published by the big publishing companies. And it's a damn shame because there are some absolutely fantastic and some really weird far out stuff on Kickstarter that just it it, it works for me. It works for me a lot. So yeah. and uh, an amazing community. Right. Yeah. It really does feel like a community. Yeah, absolutely. The, the work see, is unique. I'm sorry, Rick. No, it's, no. it's 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 kind of sideways and unique. It's again like, like a lot of the British comics that started coming over here in the early '80s. So go ahead, Rook. I'm sorry I, I talked over you. I honestly, oh, um, well, I can't remember my first thought, but we're <laughs> uh, <laughs> moving on. Um, as far as uh, Pioneers, Blood and Stars, uh, the first issue uh, in production and everything, you're talking about late February, uh, getting delivery uh, to everybody over, overseas, internationally. From uh, are you going to you're going to be selling this on your website as well? Um, I probably will. I, I kind of I, I I did it with Ren um, because. On Kickstarter, you are asking people to pay a premium price for a comic. And mm -hmm. I think that comes with, for, for, for me, a feeling of, uh, of wanting to provide exclusivity. So with each issue of Ren, I didn't offer it on my website for three months afterwards. Again, it just felt right for me. Um, you know, for the people who are kind enough to, to support the book, you're going to get it exclusively and I won't make it available anywhere else for a while. And I'll probably do the same thing um, um, uh, here as well. Uh, because, again, to, to put a comic online for five bucks after you've asked people to pay 12 bucks for it, just yeah. uh, I wasn't comfortable with that. Um, so, 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 yeah, um, I, I am going to uh, have some chats because this is um, a more um, – commercially viable project shall we say um than a story about 17th century london um i I'm, i am hoping to talk to some distributors not necessarily publishers uh, right. but some, some distributors who i've now made contacts with um about making it available um in the in the u.s maybe in a comic store or two that would be pretty cool that would be um how, how we haven't talked about how long is this going to go on how many issues five huh. yeah this is five, five issues this one we, we I, I plotted it all out um before obviously i started writing it and i was originally thinking uh four but the way the story wheel worked it's going to work much better with five um so we're going to do five and there could absolutely if there was interest be a, a it, it's i'm going to leave it on a closure but also a another door opening right it will be a complete arc complete story and if nothing else further happens people will be very very satisfied with it uh, i can promise that but there it, there will be some little hints dropped um at the end of of where we could go next and, and that would be interesting but i think i would only do that if people wanted to read it yeah, yeah. well i can't see how this book can't get more popular i mean you had a amazing kickstarter that was fantastic and again congratulations to you um where can everybody find you across the internet and everything do you have a main page you want everybody to go to um so so don i think i sent you uh, a yeah. link to yeah. my mailing list and what would be awesome and if people want to find out how this comic is getting put together, the release dates for the next ones, the next Kickstarters, and all my ruminations on life, the universe, and everything. Um, I, I, I won't annoy people with, um, uh, you know, with endless um, postings, but I, I, I do have a my. Uh, I send an email every couple of weeks um, just to keep people up to date with with what's going on, and it would be awesome if people signed up to that. You, you will also um, some some friendly creators have also donated some of their books to me as well. So I think there's uh, if you sign up to that mailing list, you get five free digital books too, two of mine and three of three of other people's. Oh wow, nice. So, yeah, nice little nice little bonus for people. Yeah. So that that would be awesome. Yeah, I would love yeah. to see more people sign up to that. And that'll that'll be on the blog as well. So anybody want to find more information, just go to bunchdorks.com, click on the Cyclops, and you'll see it. Um, 
Do you have any plans on another? Do you have any other books inside of you that you write now when you finish um, it? Fun, funnily enough, the, the, the next thing, the next little project that, that I really, really want to work on is, I don't want to say a children's book, um, but I live, I know I've just moved now, but I've only moved about a mile away from where I used to be. Um, um, I'm kind of out in the countryside, yeah. in the sea, but out in the countryside. And the, our garden in our old house um, was populated by a menagerie of animals, including badgers and foxes um and 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 yeah all, all sorts of squirrels and all sorts of stuff that you find over here um and the badgers were particularly friendly they're european badgers not terrifyingly scary american badgers okay <laughs> these are the sort of, they're not the sort of badgers that you would cross the street to avoid but the sort of badgers that look like they're coming up and and, and offering you a tea party um and i really really wanted to write a story a kind of a watership down kind of story yes yes um about that haven't decided yet whether it will be an, an illustrated prose book or I, I was wondering maybe to do a part prose part comic uh, you know um sequential art book because i don't think there's been many of those i love the idea my grandkids very frustratingly do not read comics none of them Mm. I've got grandkids ranging from one, who I wouldn't expect to, to be reading uh, comics a year, up to 16. And none of them have picked up comic books regularly. So I, I would love a, a project like that to be able to bring, um, you know, more kids um, into uh, into comics in a, in, in, in a soft way. So I'm not necessarily saying it's going to be a for children story, but that's kind of the next thing that I want to do. Oh, and I've also got... A, uh, sorry, I'm all over the place. Um, I've also got a story that has been accepted into an anthology um, uh, coming out. Um, it, it will be the first quarter of this year. It's a little black and white 10 pager that I wrote a little while ago. Um, that was literally my first attempt at doing um, uh, uh, digital. Um, uh, and it's called Minnesota Gothic. I have some friends who live in Minnesota um, and, um, and I visited there uh, uh, quite a bit. And in fact, I used to work um, out in um, just out of uh, in Egan near Minneapolis. Um, mm. I spent a lot of time there in the winter huh. in, in a place where you think it's not so much. I don't know why people live there. It's <laughs> I don't know how people live there. Um, <laughs> it's um, so I wanted to write a story about the forests out there, um, and that got accepted. I need to do some tweaking to it uh, to, to make it, you know, fit their uh, uh, fit their format and their themes. Uh, but they've they've given me a potential a a, um, a green light for uh, for a little story to go into an anthology. And again, if you're on the uh, if you're on the maintenance list, I'll give more details of that. Oh, okay. As it as it oh. comes through, but uh, yeah, it's a fun one actually. Really fun little story to write. Do Do you see yourself as um a writer that draws, or do you see yourself as an artist that writes? An artist that writes, hundred percent. I see. I I was wondering about that because one, when I see your artwork, it looks like you're the artist first. But I was it, it fascinates me when I see artists that you you think as a writer does. I, I noticed when you're you're talking about how you put the ideas together and stuff. Um, yeah, if we could talk about that a little bit. Yeah, um, I, I no, I definitely do. Um, if I could get other people's, you know, stories um, and illustrate them, I would absolutely um, do that. I would always be open to, you know, to work with other people. And I guess, I guess, I'm saying the bit of my craft that I am nervous and have imposter syndrome over as we all you know do at some points right is probably the writing part um I, i'm very lucky to have made over the last couple of years some good contacts with people um that i run ideas past and can now run full scripts past and say is, is this right does this work um and they've been you know really kind and given me lots of lots of pointers um, but i'm now comfortable enough that i can produce art that is worth looking at um but if i'm a little shaky around anything or a little you know self-conscious around anything it's definitely the uh, the writing side but i think i'm getting there 
I wouldn't put it out if I didn't think it was worth putting out. Um, right. Please don't, don't don't get me wrong. Right, it's it's a, it's the very very best I can do, um, and I I absolutely would want to read it myself. <laughs> That's right. my bench. Would I right. read this book? The reason I asked that, like I said, you you hearing you speak, it seemed like you think like a writer. How you have everything laid out, how you have things planned out. Um, I, whenever I've attempted to draw any comic, I basically just put down things I like to draw, and I draw with no plan whatsoever. And it's like, oh, who? Um, if I put that into to carpentry, I'd be a terrible carpenter. Oh, these boards aren't. <laughs> we'll just put them together anyway, you know. Um, so it, it kind of fascinates me because I don't know. My favorite has always been a writer-artist combination. You know, one person doing everything. But saying that, there are, especially after the, you know, it, at a certain period of time, it seemed like a lot of artists were trying to write, and I guess they sort of could, but they didn't have all the nuances, subplots, thoughts, poetry that a regular writer would. Some of them did. Um, but... Sometimes it gets lost, but again, that's always been my favorite. If one person is writing and drawing the piece itself, I think it gets nothing gets lost between the words and the panels like that. Right. Yeah, because you're you're creating the panels to fit the you know exactly what you wanted to say. I think there's no room for any misinterpretation. Again, if you're working, I I I, I talked to a guy and I please can't remember the name of his book but um when i was talking to him recently he, he told me that there's about four of them in the team and they get together a couple of times a week and they will literally talk for half an hour over what shape a tree should be <laughs> in their universe right and it's That's such nice. a close collaboration he says it's an obsession with all of them and it's an obsession to get it exactly, you know, exactly how they want it to, uh, how they want it to, to, to look. And I love the idea of that tight collaboration. Yeah. But yeah. I, I, unless you're going to all obsess about the same thing, and I've not met anyone, you know, in my local area, if you like, who obsesses about the same things that I want to obsess about. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, you know, not saying I wouldn't work with other people, but at the moment, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's working best for me that way. Maybe I, I, I write, I have always written for a living, if you like. Um, in IT, I wasn't necessarily the guy writing code. Right. I was writing project plans or, you know, um, uh, project briefs or documents that had to be read and used by other people. So maybe that's where some of the, you know, some of the ability to write coherently um might uh, might come from um, right. yeah and I, you know and i'm english we love language <laughs> well you invented it <laughs> <laughs> we're american we love to slaughter language <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can do that too. well i mean I, again i didn't mean it to, to i know you no, should take no. it as a racist sure. comment i didn't mean as a nation you know we do we love we love language i i personally i, I absolutely love playing with playing with words and i will spend as much time with my eraser um rubbing out a line you know, in my uh, in my script, if I think I can, if I think it's not not quite right or not, you know, um, intoning right. I, I love people who who write with the skill of people like Terry Pratchett and Douglas Adams. Yes, yeah. I, I can't write humour like they can, but I do try and put a bit into you know the the book where I can. And when you when you nail a line, you know, and it fits into the into the panel and into the bubble that you want. That's as good a feeling um, as as, um, as as getting a you know a, a perfect you know a perfect panel um, uh, right with your with your pen. It's just brilliant. It's it's a, it's a wonderful experience being able to do this. Um, and I say I'm, I'm putting everything I can into it. Um, Fantastic. Cool. Yeah, well, and you're getting it done too. Um, a lot of people have an idea for a comic, and it, it stays an idea with them. I mean, for whatever reasons, one, they just can't put the time into it. Uh, one, they don't know how to do it. And, uh, but you're, you're a rare breed of human being that 
you know, you've done something, but you put this out. And it's quite nice. I was actually really excited to have this talk tonight, even though I've completely forgot about it till Rock reminded. <laughs> 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 well, thank you, guys. And I, of course, will make sure that you get a copy as soon as the digital version is, is, is available. Oh. I'll make sure that I get a copy. Okay. Of that was amazing. Nice. I, I'm over here trying to figure out when you're releasing it on the website so I can go buy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we missed the Kickstarter. <laughs> I tell you what, I tell you what, um, and this is uh, my sort of love letter to people who do the sort of things that you you, you guys do. I sent um, the, the I sent Ren out to um, a number of people to um, to see if they would review it because we like to put you know little quotes from reviews on the um, you know on the on the jacket of the book, and and that's 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 really awesome. And and a couple of I won't mention their na- names are on here, but a couple of guys. From, from your industry who, who write for websites um, said some really, really nice things about the book. And two of them came back on the next Kickstarter, even though I'd sent them a copy of the book for, for, for you know, for free, they both came back. And I think it was the second issue that they both got and, and started writing about. Um, and they both came back and bought all the others. Oh, wow. Uh, that was the, the kindest thing and the nicest thing and and the thing that tells you okay you can do this right. is when somebody who was going to get a free copy says no don't worry about it i'm going to pay for the others that was the biggest compliment i think i got through in in the last couple of years absolutely incredible that is nice that's, that's awesome. really nice. one's a freak but two right two. <laughs> <laughs> well definitely let us know when you're ready to do part two Let's get you on here beforehand and help help get that out there for everybody because, guy, everybody listening, I'm telling you, the panels that are available to look at are beautiful. You guys are going to love this stuff. Definitely hit the blog. Check it out. Also, make sure you go check out his other work. Um, you have a website, um, potterville.co.uk, where yes. you can also sign up for that mailing list you mentioned. Uh yes. Absolutely fantastic stuff, man. Uh, I'm re- I'm really looking forward to seeing where you, where you go. Thank you, thank you, guys, and I can't wait to hear what you think of it. I really, really hope you like it. I really think you will. We will. All right, everybody, if you're listening, if you like to draw, we always use fake comic book covers on the Facebook page and the Facebook group to announce a new episode. And we can't pay you for it because we have no money, but it'll be yours to own, and you'll live on in infamy. Also, if you let us, we'll add it to the cover gallery of the blog. A lot of people really enjoy these. If you're any kind of senior, musician, performance artist, if you can put it on an MP3, we normally have a music break, except tonight, where we have a guest. Um, and both the, art, the covers and the music, a lot of people, when we do send them, always say, I don't know if you're going to like it. We've always liked them. Everybody really enjoys these things. Don't be afraid. And we have a T-shirt. Actually, we have three of them. It's not to make us rich. It's just to help us pay the hosting fees. Just go to the sidebar of the blog and check it out under merchandise. Rook? Everybody, go to bunchofdorks.com. Click on that Cyclops. Check out everything we talked about on this episode along with links. And until next time, everybody. Read more comics. You can hear our most recent 20 episodes on iTunes. If you would like to hear our older episodes, you can find them on our blog. Just go to bunchofdorks.com and click Click on the Cyclops. True Dimension can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe, rate, leave a review, tell a friend, or like us on Facebook. Thanks for listening.